They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in our first episode, Train and Gross. Yeah. First episode of 2022. <laughs> I he, love it. He didn't even tell me he was doing. I love it. He just broke those glasses <laughs> out. For those listening, just listening to this portion of the well program. Well done, brother. Mike yeah. Gross has well 2022 done. New Year glasses. Now you know what's good about this wow. is because I mentioned to you guys when we were setting up here. I'm getting old and I'm forgetting stuff left and right. No, I bought you. these things in December. Wow. And I put them in the car. I said I got to remember. Yeah. To wear these, the first episode of 2022. We're <laughs> we were on hiatus for a little bit, so. Mm-hmm. I right. remembered these. These were in the car. Right. I started walking in. We're at Train Station Studios, of course, in uh, uh-huh. beautiful downtown Phoenix. I came walking in. I was like, oh, I forgot them. I went back <laughs> out to the car and bought them just for this purpose. They look good, man. You like it? Yeah, I do. Here, take a picture and, and put it out on Train and Gross. On the, uh, the, uh, on the line? Take a put picture it, put, and put, put it out. Put it out there on Train yeah, and look Gross. Look at me now. But we're glad you're back. or We're glad to be back. We're glad you're listening. Shout out to our fans all across uh, – all across the great podcast uh, platforms and YouTube that uh, tune in. And uh, shout out to Tom Duke, who uh, put out a special request. <laughs> What's up, Tom? <laughs> he yes. said, where have these guys been? Yeah. Miss them. As wow. he uh, drives the, uh, the beautiful roads between uh, Las Vegas and Taos. But uh, we're glad to be back. Lots to get to. Um, God, we got to start with Cardinals, don't we? I mean... Yes. They're done. And <laughs> I, love I, that, I, I, I love that you had nothing to say. I mean, you're just I, Well, I don't speechless. know where to go. I don't know where to go. Without I mean, because speech. Here, here's, where, here's where I'll start it, and then we'll dissect it from here. All right. If we're sitting here, our, our last podcast before the start of the 2021 season, mm-hmm. and I told you guys that I guarantee mm-hmm. that the Arizona Cardinals finish 11 and 5 or 6, whatever the math is. 11 and 6. Mm-hmm. They finish second in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. They qualify for the postseason. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling about that prediction? You feel pretty at good at that about point. It. You feel pretty good about it, right? Yeah. But I think it's <laughs> what happened between Oof. the start of the season and how it ended, which has got people kind of, uh, you know, with a little heartburn, little, little trying to figure out where do we go from here? Who do we fire? Whose job do we want? Um, you know, where do we go from here? I guess Cardinal fans are angry, Mike. Yeah, they're not confused. They're angry. They're pissed because this is a team that started off what seven and zero. Ten and two as well. Ten and two, and and looking like a solid number one seed mm-hmm. for the majority of the season, and then it's like the bottom fell out. And after the ten and two season, they, or after the ten and two start, they only won one more game. Yeah. And for them to lose that many games when you had such a great start, it, it just made people wonder, like, okay, how thin is this team? Because the thing that really played out about this team was there's not a lot of depth at all in critical places. Offensive line? Offensive line, defensive line. And I go back to this. I know I repeat myself a lot, but I've got kids, so I'm entitled. But we've talked about this, mm. this very fact. Mm-hmm. The team that went to the Super Bowl that you were part of, yep. your offensive line, they so didn't miss any games. Didn't miss a game. The five men that played offensive line for I the I don't know if they missed a snap. They may not have, but I know for a fact they didn't miss any games. Yeah. And, you know, whatever else happens in the NFL – you got to have a little luck mixed in there. No question. It's the NFL. People get hurt. People get injured. It's 2021. People have COVID. Things got to go your way. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know this this there was no depth up front, and mm-hmm. it it was it was painfully obvious as the season went along. Mike, I think there were issues of depth all around this team, and I know there were a lot of high dollar guys that they brought in, and they kind of mortgaged the farm for those guys. But when you start looking around this roster, and they're a player or two away from really being a, 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 a at the top of the draft type of team. And the way that they were able to get to that fast start, I think that was a, a shrewd move by this team in order to finally, you know, kind of back their way into the playoffs. Because when they got into the playoffs, that was after a bone-crushing loss. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they went in with momentum or, or felt good about themselves. They kind of Michael Jackson moonwalked into the playoffs if you will, after some very disappointing losses. A bone-crushing loss to the last-place team in your division. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, not you a, know, Not a good look. No, not at all. Lions, yeah. not a good look. Panthers. Panthers. I mean, there were some, some, some head-scratching losses throughout well, the course and, of the season. And, and, you know, there's so many directions we can go, and to your point about how the fans feel, it makes sense. Because if you played side-by-side on a split screen, mm-hmm. the Cardinals' very first game of the year against the Titans – and their very last game of the year against the Seahawks. It didn't even look like the same team. Well, then you throw in the game this past weekend or this past Monday, it didn't really didn't look like the same team. No. Mike, that game was over after the first play of the game. The you, game was over. After that 40-yard brush, you could just see that the Rams are like, yeah, we know these guys. Yeah. They cracked their code. Somehow, some way, they knew exactly who the Cardinals were. And they were able to figure them out and and really tell them you're not winning this game yeah. today. Yeah, and, and I, I I I've got nothing to come back to because you're right. You can't like, be that lost. You can't be that lost against a division rival. You've played this team twice already, Mike. And remember, the last time you played them in that same stadium, you beat the brakes off of them. You were physically dominant against that same Los Angeles Rams team. Yeah. And the, the way that things played out, it's like, okay, you can play the Rams anytime except Monday night because the two times they played on Monday night, it got ugly. Yeah. It got ugly quick. Well, and this team is, is, is not ready for prime time. They were 0 for prime time Oof. in 2020, Oof. 2021. Oof. Let me ask you this. Uh, you, you talked about how they cracked the code for the Arizona Cardinals defensively. They figured them out. You as a defensive player, mm-hmm. um, you know, explain that a little bit. But furthermore, I don't know if you heard – uh, Aaron Donald's comments about Kyler Murray that they knew once they got after him a little bit, he typically folds early in the pocket. And if you can contain him in the pocket, he's one of those guys that kind of just avoids the contact, and they knew that, and they could get after him a bit. Have you ever had that type of situation? But just, you know, both of those, if you can, the explain the crack the code, figured him out, and the, uh, you know, the, the comments about Murray. Of course I've been there where you have a team figured out, where you've done enough study of film and, and you know – what they're going to do. You've played them enough. Uh, I look at Carolina. Carolina was a team. We cracked their code. In the playoff game? In the playoff game because mm-hmm. we knew we had played them. The, what did you figure out? We, we figured out with, with, with Jake DeLome that, that he was a guy that, that he really struggled throwing the ball in the middle of the field. We picked him off five times that game, mm-hmm. and all those, all those picks were right in the middle of the field. When we kept him away from the, the, the sidelines with Steve Smith and uh, I believe Mushin Muhammad, those guys, we were able to get after them. We knew if we could keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball down the middle of the field, he was going to throw. So you just play a lot of outside leverage. We had a lot of outside leverage, and and I, I think there was five picks from five different guys. Yeah, everybody knew what they were going to do. Could you? When did you sense it in the game? Well, we sensed it very early on. I, 
the game started off, they had the ball on offense, and they went right down and scored. And, and I think a lot of people were like, uh-oh, is this going to be a repeat? Mm-hmm. Because even in the first time that we played them and we lost, we still knew what they were going to do. We still had a good feel for the Carolina Panthers. But the second time we played them, we had a great feel for Jake DeLone. And it was really locking in on Jake DeLone where we could cut the head off the snake and kill the body. That's how we knew we could beat those guys. And the weather helped out. The fact that it was his birthday, he may have been a little distracted. I don't know what it was, but the fact is we knew we had a beat on him just like we did with uh, Matt Ryan the week before when we played the Falcons. We had a great beat on him and his snap count. We knew what he was going to do, so we were completely locked in. And when you have that type of situation, no matter what they try to do, they're not going to be right. We're going to make them wrong every single time they try to to come with any kind of difference in their game plan because – if we if we if we know what you're going to do at your core, then it doesn't matter what what the details look like. So, uh, when it ends the way it ends, mm. you have to do the post mortem, and the way we do it is and and you you alluded to the fans, and you look on social media. Yeah. You have to assess it's ugly. blame. It's ugly. Have to assess blame. Ugly. Like we talk about a football team, you got offense, defense, special teams. There's yeah. three parts of the game, and I think when you look at a football team, you got three parts. You've got the players, mm-hmm. you've got the coaching staff. Yep. And you've got the general manager. Yep. And when we assess blame here and we look and say, all right, look, um, and again, you know, in context, you know, again, if we would have said this is where it was going to begin and end, okay, Cardinals fans are happy, but we know the journey that we took to get here. Right. We got to fix that. Right. And we asked you after the Lions game, how, how, what role does a coach play that late in the season for professional athletes to get you ready to play whether it's a regular season game or, or, heaven forbid, you're in the postseason in the National Football League, does a coach need to prepare you? Obviously, there's a game plan. I understand that. But individually prepare you to go out and do your job on a football field. No, he does not. And if a coach feels like that's his job, we need to get a new coach. As a grown man that's getting paid very well, you have a responsibility to go out there and do your job at a very high level. Mm-hmm. One, you're getting paid to do it. Two, it's your legacy. You don't want to have to tell your grandkids, oh, you know, I, I, I feel short because I didn't study hard enough and I got my butt whooped uh, in this particular game. But you owe it to your teammates, three. Those are the guys that are going to go out there and fight with you. And you owe it to them to make sure that you leave no stone uncovered and that you cross every T and you dot every I. You cannot do anything to jeopardize what the entire team is trying to do for any personal reason. And I think when you see teams – that come together like that, it's not about the teams that are the most friendly with each other or the teams that all go out and, 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 and roughhouse uh, during the week. It's mm-hmm. the guys that understand their responsibility and their role in the bigger scheme of it all as far as uh, what they, how they fit into the team and, and, and what their responsibility is. Uh, I think the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick describes that perfectly. Just mm-hmm. do your job. Yeah. Do your job, and everything else will take care of itself. Keyshawn Johnson on the Worldwide Leader talked about this. He was never buying the Cardinals this year, even when they had the best record in football. Nobody bought the Cardinals, Mike. Well, no, I'm just talking specifically, though. And his main reason was they've never been there. They don't know what it takes. Is, is that true? I mean, do, do you, you, we talk about it in the NBA, right, the, the, the transition. You know, we go through it in history. But do you need to learn how to win in the postseason of the National Football League? No. I think you have to – have some, as we talked about, you got to have some veterans. Young teams don't win in, in any professional sport, Mike. When you start talking about teams that are filled with three-year or less guys, those teams genuinely don't win. 
the, the, the most recent team I could think of that, that fit that description maybe was like the Cowboys back in 91, yeah. that first Super Bowl, when they were really, really young and they, they really didn't know what was going on, but they were just a, a Freak. ridiculously Freak talented nature, football yeah. team. And they had a lot of Hall of Famers, guys that are wearing gold jackets now. But they, they didn't know. When we went in 08, we didn't have any That's success the previous say. season. We, we were 8-8 we were and eight in 07. So we, we didn't know how to win. We learned during that season how to figure it out and, and stop getting our ass kicked by teams that we were going to have to face in the playoffs, i.e. the Eagles and i.e. the Giants and all these other teams, but the, the uh, Vikings as well. But you can figure it out if you've got players in that locker room that are mature enough to figure it out and want to figure it out, Mike, because it's one thing to to have a, a midseason slump. Everybody kind of goes through ebbs and flows, mm -hmm. but then it's the teams that figure out, hey, look, we're not going to go anywhere if we don't figure this out and come together. And I think that that was the characteristic of my team in 2008 and any team that makes a run to that last game. They, they figure it out and they understand that it's something that's bigger than them that they're playing for. What about a, coach, a young coaching staff? You know, uh, and particularly a young head coach, and the narrative is, well, he always folds in the second half. I don't necessarily buy that completely because they were like, look what he did at Texas Tech. At Texas Tech, they loaded up. The, the schedule is always early or easy early in the season, and guess what? Oklahoma is better than Texas Tech. Texas is better than Texas. Well, maybe not, but wow. but at least Oklahoma is wow. better than Texas. So, you know, you get into the meat of your conference schedule. Yeah. Co college, the, the, you can't compare a college schedule to an NFL schedule. But in in – since he's been here, you know, there's been, a, there's been some truth to that. Mike, you got to be able to adjust. And I think the one thing Coach Kingsbury is still learning to do, he's learning to adjust. And I don't know if, if he's quite figured it out just yet. The, the, the record speaks for itself in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. You can't argue with that. The fact is, if you keep doing the same things you do in the first eight games and the second eight games, teams are going to figure out. They know, they watch the film. They know what you're trying to do. And I think, to, in so many words, Aaron Donald was basically saying, we knew what they were going to do. Yep. We, we know this team. We, we play them twice a year every year, and we know this particular personnel because they have tendencies that they have been unwilling or unable to, to switch up. Yep. And until they switch those things up, they're going to be the same team that everybody thought they were, and they're going to attack their weaknesses. What about Vance Joseph? Like you, because he's taken a lot of a lot of questions. I know he's in Miami. Good luck to him uh, interviewing for for the Dolphins' job. But he took some criticism second half, and you know whatever whatever you say about Cliff Kingsbury learning it, it on the job in the NFL. And Vance Joseph's been around, you know. But the defense, you know, there was a difference in the defense first half to second half as well. Mike, there's there's a will, and the will was broken for the Arizona Cardinals. The, the Los Angeles Rams broke their will in the first half. When you saw that, that one-yard interception for a touchdown that put, <coughs> made the game 21-0, uh. it was over. That game was absolutely over. The will was broken. It, it wasn't a, a, a face or a look that you could look at on any of the players on that, on that sideline, but it was just a feel. It was the overall look. Of, of that sideline. It, it, all the air had been sucked out of that sideline. It, it was over. It was done. And there, when, when it's gone, Mike, I don't care what you talk about. There's no rah-rah speech that you can give. There's, no, there's not enough chairs to throw in at halftime. There's not enough uh, uh, Sharpies or markers to, to write on the board at halftime. It is absolutely over. When, you, when you're getting your ass kicked like that,
and it is as clear and as present as anything that you've ever seen, yep. there's nothing you can do about it. And that play was basically a microcosm of that whole game. They knew what they were going to do. They got after him. Uh, it was a brilliant move by Sean McVay to challenge that catch because that put them back uh, in, the, in, the, in the red zone or, or, you know, in their own red zone. And, and the very next play, we have that situation with Kyler Murray. So it, it just wasn't – man, no pun intended. It wasn't in the cards for this team to advance this year. No. I <laughs> It, it just it just fit right there. It did, it, and it, I love it. it. Just fit you right caught there. you caught it in your brain. I did. I was like, there. oh, they're gonna kill me for this <laughs> one, but I gotta go with you it. You didn't even do your glasses <laughs> for that one. <laughs> well, and then the I last, got a good one for that too. Yeah, there we go. Then the last piece then is is the general manager. I mean, you know, he he. There's gonna be blame, but Mike, I don't think that this was on Steve Kahn. I really don't. I think with the moves that he made, nobody is going to question him bringing in Rodney Hudson. It's mm-hmm. a great move. I don't think anybody on surface is going to go at him for J.J. Watt. Nobody foresaw him getting hurt against this former team, by the way. Uh, That's one of those you're going all in. You're pushing all your chips in the middle of the table, and you're going for it. Even seemingly smaller moves like Colt McCoy. When you look at how the the team missed Kyler at the end of last year with you know really subpar quarterback play from the backup – and a guy who came in and won games for them this year was hurt. It worked out. I yeah. mean, so I look at the moves at face value. Those were not bad moves. Mm-hmm. All of those moves, they weren't earth-shattering moves. They weren't moves that were going to move the needle nationally. But I think for a lot of people here locally, it's a solid move to get some help for Colin Murray right at the at the center of attention, the, the, the center, the guy that's going to touch the ball as much as Colin Murray. That makes sense. It makes sense to go get a backup quarterback because we know the history of Colin Murray. He's a smaller guy. He may not last the whole season, so you need a veteran backup. It proved to be a prudent move for them. Yeah. Then you talk about J.J. Watt. Yeah, he's a guy that has had his injury issues, but when you talk about what the defense was lacking all these years, run defense, hello, he was a guy that made plays on the defensive front all up and down as a as a, a center or as a nose, as a defensive tackle or a defensive end. He was a versatile uh, leader, that a, a guy that you could – could look to to say, hey, go make a play for us. And more times than not, J.J. Watt could usually deliver. Well, in midseason, he went and got Zach Ertz. You know, so – Even better. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not putting this on Steve Kime. I, I, I really don't think that anybody coming for Steve Kime really has a legitimate leg to stand on. Let me ask you this about Kyler because, every, and fair or not, this is the narrative that's out there right now. The moment was too big for him. You know, he, he, was, he, he was a deer in the headlights from the, from the get-go. Um, whether that's true or not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say any of us should play psychiatrists here on the podcast, but did you ever have, and you played big time college football, so you mm-hmm. played in big games in college football, you played obviously in the biggest of the, in, in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have somebody that the team was counting on where you can look them in the eyes and go, that dude ain't going to have it tonight? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there were guys that, uh, and I'm not saying to put names out there. I'm just no, saying, yeah. could, could mean, you feel it when, all, when it's just not there? You're always going to have guys that come up a little short and and don't quite live up to expectations. But you could see it, like it's a mental thing. Uh, it was mental, but I think it played itself out more from their actions. The actions always speak. Sure. And yeah, you can have a guy that looks a little lost, a little deer in headlights, and uh, you know, you know, it's going to piss down his leg. You know, the moment's too big for him, all right. that kind of stuff, and wet the bed. But I, I just think for this team is still a relatively young team, even though there's veterans throughout the, the course of it. Mm-hmm. As a collective whole, this team is young. 
Yeah. And we've always said young teams don't win in this league. And when you go against a team like the Rams, who definitely was more chips in in the middle of the table than even the Cardinals, uh, their chips actually were a little bit better chips than what the Cardinals had. So, speaking of Steve Kahn, 26 players are unrestricted free agents. Mm. So he's got his work cut out for him this offseason. Where do they need to improve the most? Because let's be real, you're looking up at the Rams, right? The, the Rams are they're the cream of the crop in this division. For how long, though? Because because they, they, they talk about pushing all your chips in the middle of the table. They're on a short shelf life. But yeah. This you, is a really good team, but – Where does this team need to improve the most? you got to improve everywhere. you got to go get another receiver because I don't think A.J. Green was what they hoped he would be. No, Christian Both, Kirk may not be Christian here. Kirk Both A.J. Green and Christian Kirk are unrestricted. I don't think either one are coming back. So you're going to have to go and get another receiver. Uh, Rondell Moore, I, I think he had some moments where he flashed, but is he really a number two receiver? He's that slot guy that you get creative with. Yeah, I don't see him as a number two. I mean, I, you got to go get another receiver. You've got to find somebody that is going to be a, a serviceable defensive lineman. You've got to go get a game changer at defensive lineman. And I know that we've got J.J. Watt and I know we've got Jones. Chandler Jones. But well, Chandler Jones is – May not be here. I, I mean, they never did address his contract. Nope, it's still wide open. And this is a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the season had the five sacks in the first game. And you know he was he was he was making it rain. You know it was he made no bones about that he wanted to show that he was still worth it and he still had the goods to demand the big time contract. Let me ask you this: There's so many things when it comes to defensive line play that guys like Gross and I would never see. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, most people look at the one column in the box score, the sack numbers, and apply that as if the defensive line they oh he didn't show up in the box score he must not be doing anything. When you watch Chandler Jones, how effective is he still out there on the field? He's still very effective. I think to some degree he was distracted this year, in my opinion. I, th I thought he played distracted. I thought after the first game he proved his point, and I thought he maybe rested on his laurels a little mm -hmm. bit. But I don't think he, it ever affected his effort. I don't think it ever affected his desire to win. I just it, it it just didn't seem like the same Chandler. There were moments where he was out there playing. He mm -hmm. looked like he was the only guy out there playing in the front seven because there's a lot of issues, especially uh, with with those recent draft picks at linebacker. I was just going to ask that you they're going to have to figure out because yeah. uh, number twenty five was yet to be found anywhere making plays at the end of the season. He yeah. came in at first and and yeah he was playing, but eh, special teams. We don't, yeah, I don't know. You got your number one pick, then his primary contribution down the stretch is special teams. Uh, that that's that's not going to get it. You done. know, and you saw it last year with Isaiah Simmons, where you know it it took time. You know, and I think I I don't know if he's played out to his full potential yet. He's a lot better this year than he was last year, but you know, to, in my to, opinion, to, to, to the, they're they're counting on those two guys at the start of the season. When you if you could go back and and look at things and and question and, and well twice now you could say that the plan for for both those players that they originally had didn't pan out because if you yeah. go back to draft day you go back to draft day for Isaiah Simmons remember they kept saying yeah. I know in college football he was a Swiss Army knife could play anywhere on the defensive side but he's going to be a linebacker for us and all of a sudden already you're seeing him all over the place right well, there was you're, one game he played over 20 snaps as a right. defensive back and then remember when you on draft night when it came to Zayvon Collins here's our this guy is starting day one didn't pan out either so the you, you could make the case that 
you know, the idea that was in that was had by the you know front office with Steve Kimen on those on draft night hasn't panned out for either of those guys yet. Well, I think you have to give a little bit of credit to Jordan Hicks too. Like oh, Jordan a Hicks, lot of credit, a lot of credit, to Jordan Hicks for him to not only stick around. Yeah. After hearing what he heard on draft day, mm-hmm. and then to still have enough professionalism to go out there and do his job and still win the job and still get the C put on his chest, that speaks a lot to him as an individual. That I have a lot of respect for that man because he could have very easily been salty. He could have said the hell with it. Yeah, I'm not going to be a cancer, but I'm not going to be a guy that's going to just help others take my job. But he went out there and kept his job. And he played at a really high level. And really? he actually kept Zayvon Collins on the sidelines. It was because of his play. It wasn't that Zayvon Collins necessarily did anything wrong. Yeah. It was that they just underestimated Jordan Hicks. Vance Joseph said that a couple of times when asked this question about what's going on with, with, with Zayvon Collins. He, he, his response was, well, who do you want me to take off the field? You know, you right. want me to take you want me to take Jordan Hicks off the field no. right now? No, no. Who do you want me to take off the field? You know, so it's just the way it's played out. Oh, I, I, to me, you know, you make a strong argument, and, and I know I'm going to say this the wrong way, but when when you factor everything in, Jordan Hicks is the defensive MVP of this team. Like for all the reasons you just listed, right? Right. Um, and, and we said that at the beginning of the year, like the way he handled everything, right. Uh, For that alone, he deserves MVP. Absolutely, and I, he's he is back, Nick. I mean, they contract, need him back. Well, contractually, he's back. I guess my point is, like, you know, it, it's not his decision uh, at this point. Um, and you know, if I'm if I'm the hierarchy, figure out how to way to say I'm sorry. They better be glad that he's not unrestricted, because if he was unrestricted, oh, he'd be he'd be packed up and gone already. Well, no, but I mean, he would he would have them over the barrel. He would oh be, yeah, he, it would be like look. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Because I'm <laughs> going to stick it to you, and it's not, it's not a matter of if, but when. He, he's a, he's a, he's signed at four point two five next year. Uh, and that, that's that's a bargain. That's a basement bargain. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. Cardinals draft twenty fourth, I believe. Um, you know, ugly ending. Ugly ending ugly, to a yeah. season that started so so pretty. And uh, since we were on hiatus, this is just kind of a uh, you know in the in the business term, it's a data dump. We'll come back to this and, no and, and we'll do some deeper dives. But the playoffs continue. Yes, and uh, we want to talk about that minus your Cowboys. Woo! Mm. How about them Cowboys? How happy were you? Oh, I'm, how much does a pig love slop? <laughs> About that much, I guess. <laughs> we'll get into that next on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. I kind of miss this. You should miss it. It's only been two weeks. Like we've, been, like we've been gone forever. It's two weeks. I missed it. I was fiending, man. I felt, I felt, <laughs> I felt like Chris Rock, man, on New Jack City, man. Right? I was fiending. <laughs> Playoffs continue. Keep Playoffs. calling me, man. They keep calling me. Playoffs. Uh... Cardinal season over. Ugh. Playoffs continue. Brutal. Looking at the lineup, we'll just uh, do a quick flyby on each of the games. Saturday's lineup, you've got Cincinnati at Tennessee, San mm. Francisco at Green Bay. Mm. You've uh, got Sunday, Los Angeles Rams at Tampa, and then the Bills at Kansas City. Mm. Those are your four games this weekend. I wouldn't be – I mean, pick, point to a game out of those four. That is one you feel extremely confident about who's going to win that football game. I feel extremely confident about the Kansas City Chiefs. Over, really? Yes, Over the I Bills? Do. Yes, yeah. I do. And you know why? Because I think the Buffalo Bills proved their point earlier this season already. And I think they they strutted their stuff. They stuck their chest out when they had that game against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Yeah. Because remember, 
it was I think it was a Monday night or a Sunday night game. I think it was Sunday night. It was a Sunday night game and you saw Josh Allen, he was prancing around at the end of that game. And when he would get first downs, he let everybody in the whole stadium knew that he was getting first downs. And I'm telling you, when you provoke a team that has been to three straight AFC championship games in the last two Super Bowls, there's something to be said. And and they're playing that's a much different Kansas City team that they faced in the beginning of the yep. season against yeah. the Buffalo Bills. That's what I was so, about to say. They caught them during that time when Kansas City was still feeling things still out this year. finding themselves. Right. Yep. And I'm telling you, the one thing that all in, all professional athletes have is long memories. They're going to remember how Josh Allen and company walked out of that stadium feeling real good about themselves, talking about, you know, everybody want to talk about how the, your Raiders circled the building three times. <laughs> they, 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 they basically stomped on the logo. 38-20 to 20 that night. 38-20, to 20, and it wasn't that close. Yeah. And I'm just telling you, those guys in Kansas City, they got a lot of pride, and I, I, I wouldn't provoke that team because they've, they've got the kind of personnel that can ring 50 on you in a heartbeat. They do. Um, but on the other side, and I understand what you're saying about Josh Allen, you have to be impressed, though. Of with, course you're you know, impressed. And, and, and They're you, coming. And, you know, he, he put early against the Patriots, he put that team on his back. And, you know, as cold as it was – like he's he doesn't have that quarterback mentality. No, you know he's out there running and he's not sliding. He's a defensive end playing quarterback. Yeah, you know, and you talk about you know a guy you know and his story is well known. You know, junior college, no offers, had to go to Wyoming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Worked out. And you know, to your point, you know, you talk about the petty and keep the receipts and all keep that. Keep the receipts, man. And he uh, kept jo- Josh Allen has kept them. <laughs> he's kept them, but uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, kept them too. Right. And, and so we'll see uh, yeah. how that plays out. All right, so we'll work it in reverse order then since we, we, we jumped on that one. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, fresh off the, uh, the victory over the Arizona Cardinals, they travel to Tampa Bay and play, uh, play uh, Bruce Arians and his $50,000 fine for hitting his own ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, the, the, the Achilles seemed pretty good right there. I mean, it didn't stop that right hook. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, this is my favorite week in football. It is. The divisional round. Because now you've got the pretenders out of the way. Yep. With all due respect for all the teams that made the playoffs, congratulations. That's hurtful. But they're pretenders. I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, okay, even you, Sean, did you really think that the Raiders were going to win the Super Bowl? The Raiders shouldn't have been there. Okay. To begin with. So all I'm saying is when you get through the wild card weekend, now you got the teams that are actually really feeling like they have a chance to make a run. I'm with you. They're a player – or they're a player two away from actually going all the way. And I think when you start looking at this, this particular round, it's like boxing. Styles make fights. And when you start looking at how these teams match up against one another, I think if you're Buffalo, you should be really, really nervous. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about. And I think if you're the Green Bay Packers, you should be really nervous. Because remember, the San Francisco 49ers have, have run them out of the building the last three times that they played, particularly that NFC Championship game a couple years ago out in San Francisco yeah. where Aaron Rodgers and company were feeling pretty good about themselves, and they had, what, four, almost 500 yards rushing, rushing. put on them? I was going to say, you could, they literally ran them out of the building. Yeah. Ran them out of the building. So this is not a matchup that the Green Bay Packers should feel great about because these two coaches are really good friends. Yeah. Matt LaFleur and, and, and Kyle Shanahan, they know each other very well. And I think when you start talking about Kyle Shanahan, teams and, and, and coaches that he knows very well – he usually gets the better of. Well, and the other thing with the 49ers, you talk in sports, you talk about teams that had to play down to the wire in the regular season They're coming in to hot. get to the postseason. Coming in they hot. They were in that postseason frame of mind coming in hot. to get in. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, here's a team. 
uh, that they're facing. To your point about the Packers playing in arguably the worst or second worst division, mm. you know, I don't know if the NFC East, you know. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah, they're they the worst. Are the okay, worst. so the North is is right there. Yes. Uh, you know, so the Packers haven't had to bend in that frame mm-hmm. of mind. Now, they played well, and they, they earned the number one seed. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, I don't want any part of this 49ers team. They're getting healthy. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing just enough. Plus, he apparently is playing for, you know, whoever his next employer is going to be. I, I agree with you. You know, and I don't know what the weather's going to be in Green Bay, but I don't think it matters the way the 49ers play football. No, this is, this is a physical, bruising, beat-you-up type of team. And I think that's what got them through the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys just they, – they just did what Cowboys do. I mean, you know, they, they're always the great pretenders. But uh, I, I look at the, the – how, Francis- how do you really feel? Yeah, oh, yes. Anyway, uh, I look at the, the San Francisco 49ers, and I don't think anybody really wants to match up with this team because the way that they go about their business, they can match up with anybody because it's all about the physical nature of, of their offensive line, their defensive line, and you got a, a coach in, in Kyle Shanahan who can scheme you up and really take advantage of what you don't do really well. Although it's going to be fun, speaking of the weather in Green Bay, and you've talked about this before where you guys went out in sleeves and then you came mm, back real quick. Mm. Uh, Saturday night, because it's the night game Saturday, mm. the high in Green Bay Saturday is 22, low of 6 with a 60% chance of snow showers mm. in Green Bay. Mm. So it's going to be must-see TV for those of us here in the desert. Yeah. And, and again, I think uh, if they take a page out of your book, they'll just put the sleeves on to begin with and not worry about it. Yeah, the one thing that travels in the NFL is running game and defense. And yeah. the San Francisco 49ers have plenty of both. Both. And the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo, all he has to do is just not blow it. He all, he tried to give it away to the Cowboys, but he they, they just they had too much of a cushion to truly give it away. And the Cowboys, as we talked about, they did what they were going to do anyway. Rams at the Bucks. I like the Rams. I really do. And I think with the team that they have right now, we watch them against the Cardinals. They that front four can get after anybody. And with Tristan Wirfs not. 100% at right tackle for Tom Brady, mm-hmm. they should be very afraid because now you're going to have Aaron Donald or whoever line up outside and they're getting – or Von Miller lining up on that, that, that right tackle and it, it's going to be a long day for whoever it is that's going to be lining up uh, opposite Von Miller or one uh, – go ahead. Speaking of, of tackles that are, are banged up, and, and yeah. did you play against Andrew Whitworth? I believe I did not. I don't know. I mean, I may have at some point. 40 years old and – Maybe when he was with the Rams. I think I may have got him when he was uh, with the Rams way back when. Yeah, because he he started in Cincinnati, right? And then he came to the Rams. He was with the Bengals from 26 – 26 – 2006 to 2016 and with the Rams since 2017. So you wouldn't have gotten with the Rams. You would have seen him with the Bengals. No, I didn't see him. No, we didn't see him. 40 years old, starting tackle. And, uh, he's still playing at a high level, man. Playing at a very it. high level. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got a little dinged up the other night. It didn't matter. It's 40 to new 30 in the NFL? It may be. <laughs> <laughs> For offensive tackles. The quarterbacks. And then if anybody – wants to use excuses hmm. as a as a for not not winning not advancing whatever Tennessee Titans there, there's a there's a, a, a website that tracks man game missed due to injury in the NFL and they plot it and the the Titans have missed more games than anybody in the NFL this year and they got the number one seed in the AFC I think he's hands down. I, I, to me, there's there's no question Mike Vrabel's hands down coach of the year. 
for what he's had to overcome to still be the number one seed with all with your best player out for essentially seventy percent of the season. Well, mm-hmm. and I saw a stat on uh, on the Titans a couple weeks ago due to COVID plus the injuries, mm-hmm. they played more players this year than any team has had to play in the history of the NFL in in, in the season and kept it together. Not only kept it together, but like you they said, got the number the one, one seed. seed. That to me, it's it, crazy. How how are you not the coach of the year? You you were able to keep it together. I mean. You talk about adversity. There's nothing more adverse than having to play with new personnel every single week, not having the same lineup week in and week out, and you still find ways to win and still find a way to to be at the top of the mountain as far as your conference is concerned. I, I don't know what else the man need to do to be the coach of the year. I mean, I can't think of a better story outside of, of – of what Green Bay did, maybe Matt Lafleur is another guy that's a candidate. I don't know. I dis. I no. I don't disagree with you on the on the Titans. And you look at it. Only Baltimore missed more games, man games due to injury. And to Sean's point, you factor in COVID on top of that. But I don't want any parts of Cincinnati, though. I don't want any parts of Cincinnati, Mike. No, I look. You got to play the that game. Team is so but talented. I'm, I'm just talking about. My my point was you just because we we hear DeAndre Hopkins was out. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Like. Okay, it's the NFL. Yeah, guys get hurt. Guys yeah. miss games. Yeah, next man up. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. You're, you know, Tennessee. They they they, they felt it. it more than they anybody, and they they, they are the number one seed. Back to his point. that being said, though. Back to his point. I don't want anything to do with that Bengals team. C- Cincinnati, Mike. Oof. And the thing about it is, that you talk about young teams figuring it out on the fly, and a team that's going to be together for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I brought it up on the last podcast. The uh, they're the only team in NFL history with a four thousand yard passer two 1,000-yard receivers, and a 1,000-yard rusher, and all of those players under the age of 25. They're the first team to have all those players. Be under the, other teams have had that, you know, that realm of players. None of them have ever had those four under the age of 25 at the same time. Yeah, and you talk They're about, going to be around for a while. And you talk about the ability with those rookie contracts now to, to put pieces in place around them for the next couple of years without worrying about paying your quarterback, without worrying about paying your wide receivers or your running back. Mike, just think about what Joe Burrow has done in a year and a half. Because remember, he missed the most of his rookie year due to a knee injury. So he's basically done this in about, what, 14 months? And coming back off the injury. I mean, not only did he have the injury, like he's only in his second year, Mike. And in his first year, he missed a lot of the season due to an ACL tear. And he's come back. And not only are people not even talking about his ACL tear, they're talking about him being one of the, the, the brighter faces of the entire NFL. And how Cincinnati. Calm, how calm was he in that football game, too? We talked about Kyler, and it looked like a, a dude that was very nervous in his first playoff game. Joe Burrow scored on his first four drives. <laughs> like, I mean, bang, right up the field. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looked like a well-oiled machine. It did. So you're, you're talk, you got four home teams, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa, Kansas City. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Two that, of them are going out. At least two. Uh, well, and to the to the if you if it's you crazy. gauge this conversation, the the experts around the table here, you could make a strong case for three of them. Yeah. Like if we come back here next week, Cincinnati wins. Nobody's going to be surprised. I agree with both Train that the Chiefs they more than likely are going to win that football game. But I mean, I'm not going to be over the moon shocked if the Bills wind up winning. You know what I mean? Like I, I really think. I mean, if I'm putting money on the table, I'm sure. putting hard money on the Chiefs. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I'm not going to be. I, I don't. I don't think I'm not going to consider it a major upset if they, if they win that football game. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not going to be shocked by any of these teams. Yeah. I I, I I just look at I look at human nature, and I look at how the Buffalo Bills handled that first game yeah. this year, after the disappointing loss in the AFC Championship game last year, 
And I think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going to go at it uh, for a lot of years, a lot like we saw mm-hmm. with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Right. But there is a way that you handle success. And I'm not sure if the Buffalo Bills handled that success the right way the first time because I'm telling you, they're going to remember how you handled success and how you walked off that field really feeling yourself. I'm, I'm going to keep some receipts. There are some receipts kept in, and <laughs> they're not going to give them any bulletin board material because, you know, Andy Reid and company mm-hmm. are not about that life. But I'm just saying if they get a chance to run that score up, you may see some, you may see some pinball-type numbers go up there. Well, think, think back to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl last year. Remember when you go back, the Chiefs and, and Bucks had played earlier in the year. Remember Tyree Kill at 200 yards in like the first half, and then you got the deuces put on them at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, receipts are kept, that's for sure. So, or yeah, Tom Brady going at Tyron Matthew. Yeah, that too. Jo- yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, listen, yeah. it, it, guys don't forget. And real quickly, when, when we did the radio show, we always used to talk about fines in the NFL. Yep. And, uh, you know, how salty you are dreaded still FedEx package. about the dreaded FedEx package. Yeah, man. Have you guys ever seen or heard or remember anything about, like, Bruce Arians? Like, you know. I thought it was awesome. I saw it. Hamstring not, or <laughs> excuse me, Achilles not with, withstanding. My man gets a $50,000 fine for striking a player. Okay. His own player. His own player. Yeah. His own player. Who and was had some choice foolish. words for him, too. He did to him what your mom did to you when you were did, little. All day long. And right, I mean, you walk upside the back of the head and say, get your. Yeah, get your. Get your I mean, with, yeah. some, with, some, with some colorful language to yeah. go with it. I mean, look, nobody's ever going to mistake Bruce Arians for being politically correct. Right. Nobody's ever going to mistake him for saying things the right way. But the one thing you always are going to know about B.A., you know where he stands. He's an open book. He is an open book. He's going to tell you exactly how he feels. And I actually believe A.B. when he when when A.B. said, you know, B.A. told him to get the F off the field. I, I believe 100% B.A. said that. But I think it was justified then. And just like I think his actions this past Sunday were justified as well. You you don't do certain things and, and cost your team opportunities to, to win the game. And uh, he made his point. I think it was a valid point. And if anybody had a problem with it, then I think they probably have a problem with B.A. all the way around. Yeah. Now, he, he said he's going to appeal it, but he's happy to pay it because he, you know. I feel like the owners should, should chip in for that one because it sets the tone. Or Andrew Adams should well, and say, thanks, coach. Yeah, thank you for not, you know, thank for you saving for sa- me for myself. Thank, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. Thank you for saving me for myself. Because he was going to have the $50,000 fine, and that was going to hurt a lot more than it was going to hurt B.A. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, we'll keep an eye on it, but uh, playoffs. Wait, are you a fan of the Monday night playoff game? No, hated it. Hated it. As I, a fan, did you like it? No, hated it. I, I just think it was too much. I, I don't like the extra team. I don't like the fact that you got to wait till Monday. I mean – you, you run the risk, and, and I you know, maybe it was because it was the Cardinals and, and I'm still having a, a bad taste in my mm-hmm. mouth about how they perform. Sure. I understand what the NFL is trying to do. Oh, no. They're, they're, really? it, they're, they're, they're trying to it, – it's a hostile takeover. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a hostile takeover that of much all is clear. TV. That much is clear. Yes, and they tried to extend the, the regular season yes. to yet another game yes. and another week schedule. Uh, but no, I just with, thought it was too much. I agree. Uh, and, and I was I, done. I was done after Sunday. Well, yeah. And the, the extra teams are never going to go away. So are no. the Cardinals. That's a fact. Oh. That's a fact of hit life. The, hit it. There you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but is it a disadvantage for the Rams? 
They played Monday night. Now they got to turn around and play on the road. It would have been a huge disadvantage had they had to play Saturday. But See, the fact that they play Sunday, that, that's just luck. That's my biggest gripe with this. And, and again, this is not me being sour, right? But it's, but it's just the, the fact of the matter. The Raiders played the last regular season football game. They played the first playoff game on Saturday. So you had a team going cross-country on a short week for a playoff game. Like, to me, I understand trying to maximize your partnerships with your, you know, with your networks and everything, but you're, when you're starting to put teams at a disadvantage yeah. in the biggest portion of the schedule, to me, it's a, little, it's a little crazy. If Mark Davis really had a problem with it, don't you think he could have gone and said something to somebody and been like, hey, fellas? Should have. I mean, they had during the Raiders-Chargers game on Sunday Night Football, though, they already had the schedule out. Hey, the winner of this game goes here. Yeah. So, well, it's they a, knew why that. are you making the team that played the last regular season game that's a, that's a go thing. play cross country on Saturday? That's the thing I don't like. Like, it's really clear, like, there's a hierarchy when they put the, particularly the first weekend playoff schedule. The least sexy game is always that early Saturday game. We talked right. about it all the way yep. back when it was the Cardinals and the Falcons. They're like, nobody wants to see the Cardinals and the Falcons. Okay, we'll go ahead and kick that off at 1 o'clock on yep. Saturday. Yep. Right? We're back. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, it's the le- you, know, so you knew that was going to happen. No doubt. Um, but you know, at the same time, you didn't, though, because the, 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 the last regular season game, that was already determined. They, they already had that set on the schedule, and, and there no, was really nothing. They, that they flexed that, though. Yeah, I mean, they flexed it, but at the same time, if the Raiders didn't want to be in that game, they could have played better during the course of the season 100%. and had a better seating. That's true. So if you if you don't if you, if you're just happy to get in, then you got to take what you get. If you're nine and eight, you, you get what you get. It is what it is. Hey, they won ten games. Okay, ten, ten, and, <laughs> ten and seven. All right. Don't shortchange. All right, ten and seven. Thank you, Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, my goodness. Dumbest decision I've seen in a long time. Well, and that was just the that was just the last one. You're talking about the timeout at the end of the game, right? Yeah. But in that same game, you had going forward on fourth and one at your own 18 yard line. They did it three times. You had, I mean, all kinds of. I mean, it's the whole analytics in football. It's the analytics in football, it's but it's just also ridiculous. The, it, 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 read the room, man. Yeah. Just read the room. And sometimes franchise franchises are what they are, and and the San Diego Chargers forever have been that found team. ways to lose games. Yeah. It was, this is probably one of the most talented teams. Yeah, that's the Chargers, man. They're going to miss the playoffs again. Yeah, but you know somewhere Anthony Lynn's like, see, it wasn't me. Exactly. Yeah. And good for him, too, because it wasn't him. Yeah. He got fired by in Detroit, though. Yeah. Come on. I mean, it's Detroit. It ain't Anthony Lynn in there, either. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that are actually saying it wasn't me. How about Odell Beckham with, with Cleveland? <laughs> so he, has, he has six touchdowns in, like, seven games with the Rams, and, right? And they are, they're bending over backwards to say, like, how happy he yeah. is to be there. And he's a great the locker room. He's help, like the, Imagine that. The Bronco – excuse me, the Browns for the year – had seven touchdowns by wide receivers. For the year, Odell's had six and seven games with the Rams yes. himself. Mm. I love it. How about that? I How love about it. that? Uh, we could keep going forever. Yeah. We won't. We'll stop it here. Uh, still to come. Uh, we, well, we're not there yet. I don't know what we're going to do. What are we trying yet. to do here? I have no idea. We'll figure it out. We'll take a quick break. Still to come at some point, though. Pump the brakes and dad jokes. Dad jokes. You're listening to Training Gross. Be trained. Mike Gross. Train and Gross. Basketball. Can't forget that. Can't forget Uh, the basketball, man. Real quickly, college basketball, man. It's interesting just to see. We talked about it. My my bad choice of words last time we used it. I won't do that again. But 
COVID is, mm. and you know this, Sean. I mean, you 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 work for Sun Devil uh, Radio yeah. Network. You never know one day to the next if you're playing a game. We went a month without a home game this year wow. already because of COVID issues with other teams, COVID wow. issues with us. Now, there also was some facility issues that caused the cancellation of a game over there. But, uh, yeah, it's been one thing. Like, we played against Utah Monday at 2 o'clock. Uh, that game was supposed to be the previous Thursday. So, yeah, you're just kind of moving things and making them up where you can at this point. Yeah, it is uh, Arizona Wildcats. They're ranked number three mm. uh, as they uh, as they work through it. But, but again, you look at it, uh, Gonzaga number one, Auburn number two, Arizona three, but even the disparity in number of games played amongst the top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the conferences are working hard to try to reschedule these. There's no way, though, that they're going to get all these games in. Nope. So we're going to be kind of faced with what we were a year ago where you get the tournament and you're going to have to take it on faith when they start putting teams around. We got maybe not as many issues, but there, there are still issues uh, when you look at, like I said, missed games. Yeah. Um, it's a fact of life. A couple things that I take away from college basketball right now. One is nobody wants to be the number one overall uh, because they keep playing hot potato with it. Mm. Teams that are number one keep losing. <laughs> and Well, Gonzaga ain't losing again. So Well, the Gonzaga ain't losing, but, I mean, are you – do, do, do you do think you, they're a better team than Baylor? No, do you think they're I don't. Than do you think they're better Purdue? than Duke? No, I, I don't. Duke? No, but I mean that's the Houston. whole thing. That's the whole thing with Gonzaga every year. Like, right. if you're going to get to Gonzaga, you got to get them before the, the first week of January. Yeah, and then you know they're going to run through whatever that conference they play in, and then you're just going to have to see what you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the story with them every year, right? Um, you know, they, they get some wins, but again, year. they lost to Duke and they lost to Alabama. So respectable losses. Yeah, but again, when you start looking at the top ten, any of those ten teams, you could put their number, you could put their names in a in a in a absolutely. lottery and pick one out and, and okay, they're the number one team this week yeah, because they just keep passing it around uh, like a cold. And and nobody wants to have that number one back or target on their back because now it seems as if every time they get that number one ranking, they go down as soon as they get it. Well, the thing that I, I want to keep an eye on, and we mentioned Arizona's number three, UCLA's also in the top ten, and USC's bumping around somewhere in, in, uh, in that range – uh, is is this d- does the Pac-12 continue the the work that UCLA did a year ago? Because we, we're we're going to find out. Some, Sean says we're too critical of the Pac-12 sometimes, but you know they they've been kind of absent on the national stage when it comes to the the, the primary sports, right? Yeah. UCLA I think surprised a lot of people a year ago, and they were a, a, a hot pick coming into this year, and yep. they haven't they haven't they've struggled a lot with COVID lately, yep. Yep. but they haven't when they've played they've looked good. Mike, so there were two things I said. One was nobody wants to be number one. The other thing was I don't like what the NFL has done to college basketball. They have made college basketball basically irrelevant because now you've pushed the Super Bowl back to February 13th. Nobody's paying attention to college football or college basketball until you get to March Madness. Mm -hmm. The regular season has become like can we find a game because the NFL has completely dominated all of TV, and if you're not on Saturday morning, I mean, because think about it, the, the big showcase games used to be on Saturdays. Yeah. What, what are we going to watch this Saturday? Absolutely. We're going to watch divisional playoff games. No, you're not lying. And what they do then is if, you, if you're CBS and you got the early game, then you plug a game in opposite an NFL playoff game afterwards. So you got a late afternoon game on Saturday maybe that somebody would want to watch. But, no, you're not wrong, uh, you, you know, and going out another – Another week. Yeah. I mean, the, the Super Bowl will be February 13th this year, a day before Valentine's Day. You know what's going to happen. That's and right. they, 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 don't forget Valentine's <laughs> Day. 
They will move this thing one Don't more week. Don't get me week. started on Valentine's They will move this thing. Eventually, it'll move one more week so they can have a three-day President's Day weekend. Oh, God. They're going to move it one more week because people have always said, what's the big – you should have a holiday around the or Super Bowl. Or move it to Saturday. Well, whatever. Yeah. But if you do that, you've basically made college – Basketball regular yeah. season irrelevant. It you might as well not even play it. You might as well just go straight to the NCAA tournament, have a coach's poll, and have the top what sixty eight teams. You know, have a play in game the, the the bottom four because nobody knows what's going on because nobody's able to see them. Nobody's paying attention mm-hmm. to college. You're barely paying attention to to pro basketball. And there's been some great storylines that we've talked about. Uh, going on in, in yep. pro basketball as well. We'll get to that in a second real quickly before we pivot off, pivot off of basketball. Hey, come on. Well, well done. Uh, you, you yeah, like Pac- you've done this or something. Thank you. Do you have Pac-12 Network at home? I do not have Pac-12 Network. I finally – we moved. Who does? I do. I moved, and I have the uh, Cox Cable in my new Good place, and so I've got the Pac-12 Network. Wait a minute. I got, Pac- I got Cox too. I might have it. <laughs> You haven't I found it? Know. No, you I had to look, look for it. You know, looking for it. <laughs> never looked for well, it. Well, look for it. A, uh-huh. um, I don't hate Darren Sutton calling college basketball games. You remember him from uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. I won't wear that polo fame. And he's, he's not bad calling uh, Pac-12 games. And it's, you know, to me, uh, watching, you know, uh, and I mentioned USC. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not an expert. But that's not a bad basketball team. They no, play in the not. shadow of UCLA, especially now that UCLA's back. It's not a bad basketball. It wasn't Andy Anfield, Einfeld, or however you say his name, that was at Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's put his mark on that program at USC. See, the thing about Pac-12 is you're, you're, it's kind of become backwards because now you're looking for the basketball to kind of do what the football was trying to do or had done for many, many years. Yeah. And now when you start talking about the, the, the dominance of Pac-12 basketball, they may have a couple teams get to the Sweet 16. They may have three teams in the Sweet 16 when it's all said and done. I can make a case for all three of the top teams this year. Right, and, and that's something that the football team hadn't come close to doing in the last, what, decade, decade and a half? Yeah. And, and I, I, it's, it's interesting how you, you, you see this Pac-12 and, and, and the fact that basketball has become the, the most dominant sport, but yet football is still the one that gets the most money. Like, I, it, it, it's, it's still befuddling, and, and I, I, I still think to some degree you're going to have to find a way to get Pac-12 football back in the mix as far as being relevant in college football landscape. Yeah, absolutely. All right, NBA, locally, Phoenix Suns. Mm. Uh, we haven't done a podcast for a little bit. They keep rolling. Best record in basketball. I don't think still. they lost a game since we did our last podcast. They're 34-9 and nine as we sit here and record mm-hmm. this. Devin Booker looks like an MVP candidate. He really does. I think this is the first time. Last year, it was CP3. And he got all the the credit. He got all of the attention. And, and he was, was given a reason why this team got to where it got. But this year, it feels more like this is Devin Booker's team. Like, he, like either Chris Paul is deliberately passing the baton or Devin Booker is like, give me the damn baton. Mm-hmm. Either way, Devin Booker is the unquestioned leader of the team in 2021. One slash 2022. 48 points in the win over San Antonio earlier in the week. Very impressive. And uh, you look down at you know, ESPN list who the high scorer is every night, uh, except for obviously that stretch where Book was out with the hamstring issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost always him. Yeah. Almost always him. He's, yeah. yeah. To your point, he's 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 taken that baton. Two, ga- two losses in the last 10 games. Um, but, you know, this team is two and a half clear now of Golden State. Yep. And um, – you know, we've talked about it, and I don't see anything that's changed as uh, 
those two teams on a collision course for the Western Conference. Uh, They're on a collision course, but here, here's the thing that, that, that scares me about Golden State. Golden State is losing games, but they're not caring about losing those games because they're trying it's to It's like get, a science experiment. It's a science experiment because they've just got Klay Thompson back. You still don't have Draymond Green back in the lineup, who is really the heart and soul of that team. Mm -hmm. He's the facilitator on offense. He's the guy that gets Steph Curry all those open threes with his screens. So they, they're, they're not even full throttle just yet. And when they're able to come back full throttle and you have some of those guys that have played so well off the bench to – or that you know that 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 had prominent roles, but now go to the bench. Now you deepen an already deep bench for the Golden State Warriors, and now you, you look at what they have. I'm not sure that there's enough teams out there that, that can really match them for what they do with their backups with the reserves. Because yeah. when you go to the second quarter, Mike, those games are over. Golden State, when they when they get to clicking on all cylinders, they can blow you out with their second team, and. With Phoenix, they're going to need to be healthy with their starters. I'm not. They they've got a respectable bench, but their bench no way in compares to what Golden State can throw at you every single night. Yeah, one more game left. It's a couple weeks off still between the Warriors and the Suns. Um, and then you know, looking over uh, the the rest of it, like you know, you mentioned John Morant while we're getting ready. To, oh my gosh. To, to do this, you know, Memphis is Memphis is a fun team, and they're quietly taking that fun team, and they're the number three team in the West right now. I mean, John Morant has really become one of the brighter stars in all of basketball. Yeah. The things that he can do on a basketball court, Mike, and this isn't the biggest guy in the world. For him to, to be able to jump out of the gym and still be able to facilitate for others and, and play decent defense, I think it just says the sky's the limit for this young man. I'm excited to see – where his game grows and evolves to. But right now, he is one of the best tickets that you will see in all the NBA. I would put down hard money to go and watch John ja Morant play. And th there aren't a lot of players in the NBA that I would actually say that about now because, one, I've already seen most of them. But, two, a lot of them don't move the needle the way right. that John ja Morant does. And he showed, so, he showed flashes coming out of Murray State, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and he showed flashes of that. And uh, to see it kind of develop and grow on this stage, um, I think it's good. It's good for basketball. It's great for it's basketball. It's good for basketball because when we talk about things, and we we're, we won't dwell on it. But we'll just laugh at it because you know the the Los Angeles thing. Both teams, mm. but but obviously Lakers get all the attention. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I sent something over that I knew Sean would appreciate the uh, the Sacramento Kings trolling uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook yeah. the other the night. Ice. You know what? Here's my, here's my thing. Ice cold. Yeah. Do, yeah. What, does the league really step in and tell you what you can and can't play at a game yeah, like that? They sure do. Uh, wow. Yeah, there were, so we, we got fined a couple times in my tenure with the Phoenix Suns over about 20 years. So Wow. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever single out a player like that, though? We uh, I'll tell you a story. So we um, this is my first year or so when I was there, so probably like 98, 99-ish. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Miller. You guys remember Oliver Big Miller? O. Yeah. Big O. Phoenix Sun. He wound up with the Sacramento Kings, ironically enough, right? So we're playing the Kings that night, and uh, Big O had put on a few pounds, right, from the Sun's days until his Kings days. Ooh. Well, the Gorilla, because remember, it was a different world in the late 90s. Yeah. Remember, we had those sumo suits that you could wow. – we had, we had fans wrestling. No, they didn't. Put on one of the sumo suits. <laughs> no, they didn't. Put on an Oliver Miller jersey. No. Walked out of the tunnel, and I know this you're not going to be able to see me on the camera, but just picture a big waddle from a sumo suit. Wow. 
He sits on the the the, the courtside seats across from the bench and like plops over and falls off. Um, wow. Yeah, we got fined that night. We got fined. That wow. Night. So those kind of moments, yeah, you can't go, you can't overstep. There's a line. line you can't cross. Yeah, and then you know. We, you can't play certain things when other people are at the free throw line. If you upset them, then they can complain. And you might. Yeah, there are a lot but of why can't you play brick house when somebody's at the free throw line? Well, you you you, you could. You might be. You push the limit there. I want to. Like, I want to hear brick house. Homer Simpson Doe played too loud. Got us yelled at. Come on. Uh, when a guy, when a opposing player missed a a uh, free throw, things of that nature. <laughs> so you just kind of go a little. It's like the NFL is running the NBA now. Yeah. Uh, well, this was. Awful. I mean, this was back in the day too. I mean, so. Well, and it was fun. Talk, talk about Devin Booker. Early 2000s. Yeah, as well as he's playing. What's the biggest headline for Devin Booker? This yeah, the week? him That's and the Raptor. the Raptor. Oh, it was beautiful. That was right? a beautiful moment. Right? It no, really that was. That was kind of lame. That was kind of lame. It's a whole, I mean, it's, the whole thing to me is hilarious. And then the uh, – and, 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 and I think it's lame on Booker's part yes, to, get, to get upset by it. Extremely lame on Booker's part. Yeah. Well, and then the San Antonio Spurs mascot, whatever he is, putting himself in, in the he's cone. He's hilarious. The himself the, he put himself in the cone of silence. <laughs> he's hilarious. You know who else was good? And, you know, no longer with us, obviously, because the team isn't. But the uh, Sacramento – excuse me, the uh, uh, Seattle Sonics had, like, the Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. That dude was – he was good. Okay. Who who has the best mascot of all time? Uh, Go is awesome. I think he's up there, and that's no bias. I think Gorilla should be up there. Uh, but the, one of the most recognizable and probably the top of mascots would be the San Diego Chicken. Just because the recognizable, recognizable. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. recognizable. Just very recognizable. Very recognizable. And his his moments with Tommy Lasorda, I mean, yeah. legendary. Think about the chicken was like it was so good, but then he 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 incorporated it, and like you'd have the chicken in yeah. like six different stadiums on one night because right. like it's true. You know, and, and yeah. speaking of the Simpsons, they kind of made fun of that where they had the clown college right. and you know everybody. So that's a. I mean, that's a that's a huge question. That's one that. You'd have to take a little bit of time to think about yeah. who's I, the best mascot. I, I like the gorilla. I like uh, I, I like the Denver Nuggets mascot. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky's Rocky. pretty good. Yeah, he's um, got the tail thing. He, he's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. Philadelphia Philly guy. You know the green mm-hmm. guy. He he's pretty damn good. The fanatic. Mm-hmm. Philly fanatic. He's really good actually. Yeah. Bounces the stomach around. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's he's pretty damn. He's good. good. Who else? Gross. Who are we missing? I don't know. Detroit I, I would go with the chicken. Chicken, just because he's so iconic in those moments with well, he kind of set the stage. He like, did, he, like he was he was a mascot. Yeah, you know the charge. The char- <laughs> no, they weren't. the The Padres in that regard were ahead of their time. You know, by having a a performing mascot. Right. right? right. You know, so uh, you you got to go with him. And I, I, you know, remember places I lived. Denver had a minor league baseball team when I was going to college, and they'd advertise San Diego Chickens coming to town. <laughs> wow. Right. <laughs> wow. And you know, he put on his show wherever he went. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to do something, though. You just can't be cute and, and just No, you got to have – You got to have a little something to you. You got to have some athleticism to mm-hmm. you. Well, and you, you – and I think social media allows you to push that envelope now and, you know, you can introduce a mascot. The, the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers introduced Gritty. And when he first came out, people were like, that is the dumbest thing the I've ever seen. Thing. Yeah, now he's – Like, what's the point? Yeah. Go on social media. This thing has taken a life of – on a life of its own. The you know, eyes, so become, I just can't look him in the eyes. <laughs> the eyes. It's creepy. Yeah, it is. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the mascot wise, I don't even remember how we got into this the gorilla. I asked the question. I was like, because gorilla, to me, the gorilla, gorilla is still. Is, oh, yeah, because yeah, I asked you if you ever got fined. He's yeah, iconic. Like, how did we get there? Yeah. And then you got the performing mascots versus the live mascots. Like, mm-hmm. you could have that whole question. Like, oh, wow. what do you yeah. mean? 
Like a, an animal, a real live animal, oh. like the buff. We talked about the CU buff. I think George Uga is he's the best. He doesn't do anything, though. He's, he's the just best, though. He's just, just a cute little – you just want to – remember when he tried to attack no. the yes. – remember he, when he, he was he walking – He played with the bull and almost got he the did. horns. <laughs> he did, when man. He, remember that? Bevo. He's walking past the text. I'm going to say something, and I, and I know it's oh. not going to be popular, man, but look at this poor thing, man. He's inbred. Like Who? Uga. What do you mean? What do you like, mean? Look, look at like the the, the the that bulldog. He's, yeah, yeah, they've inbred him, man. Yeah, he's ugly. That breed. <laughs> that that breed. Because they they. Put, I love those things. They man. put a picture of the original Georgia mascot mm-hmm. versus the one now, and it doesn't look like the same type of animal. Yeah, it, the, that bulldog. Are is, you are you are you for or against the live mascots? I'm I'm partial to live mascot, but I go back to it. I, like I spent you know some of my formative years in Colorado, and the Air Force Academy had the the Falcon, and yeah. you know the performing Falcon, and the times that it took off and said, "Yeah, you told us that deuces." And I, we I, talked about the Buffalo that runs at uh, CU, CU games, CU. Yeah. and that's an, that's awesome. Oklahoma, well, yeah, has the, the wagon. Uh, yeah, the wagon. Yeah, that's right. Look, Denver, the Broncos have the the the, the white horse. Yeah, the yeah. horse. I mean, I mean. Professional sports, the, the, the performing mascot is more of a college thing, and, and obviously the Broncos. Or an indoor arena type thing. Yeah. They got rid of the – LSU got rid of the Tiger, right? That's no longer a thing? No, they don't have no Tiger. They don't have Tiger anymore? Mm-hmm. PETA got on them. PETA. <laughs> Damn, Tiger in a cage in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. The San Jose Sharks. Yeah, but that like, damn tiger probably lived better than those people at PETA. Oh, there's no question. You know what I mean? They treat that thing like – Prime cut beef. Yeah. Oh yeah, how do how do we do this? I don't know, man. That's how about the beauty this? of this show? How do we though? just rip it off like a bandaid? We'll end it here. Maybe we'll do go. a whole show on mascots. <laughs> we should. Why not? We'll do segment one, live mascots. Segment mm-hmm. two, animal mascots. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. There is. Well, we've missed it. We've got pump the brakes coming up. You know what time it is? Yeah, we got dad jokes. I was looking at dad jokes too. I was Where like, oh man, we got some good ones. I'm ready. I can't wait to see what you got. Oh, you already know. That's coming up on Training Gross. You. The podcast rolls along, Training Gross. Follow us on Twitter, at Training Gross. That's right. But it's the time of the show. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Pump the brakes. Uh-huh. Getting uh-huh. ready for this segment. Uh-huh. I was Googling. What were you Googling? New Mountain Dew flavors. Oh. What? Oh, I don't know, because you always do. Like, oh, the, sport, the sports ones are good, yeah. but, but the other stuff. I've got, I've got multiple pop culture types. Yeah. More so than sports in this one because we we got to make up for it. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, so you know how it works. I'm going to give you guys some topics. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on that, if you're rolling with it. Uh, we're going to do some rapid fire to start. All right. Okay? Rapid fire to start. I want you to pump the brakes on whether or not these five gentlemen are on the hot seat in the National Football League. Okay. All right? Pump the brakes or not. B-Train, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he's on the hot seat. So you're rolling with it. Yeah, he's on the hot seat. He should be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Three years, one playoff appearance, and it was a bad appearance. Yeah. You might as well not have been there. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely clearly on the hot seat. Gross. I think it's the nature of the beast. You're on the hot seat, but I sent you guys something, you know, uh, the, the contra argument. Yeah. 5-10-1 and one with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Improved to 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. Go to 11-6, and six, qualify for the playoffs, playing in the best division in football. They got two teams still in the playoffs. 
49ers went to the Super Bowl in, in 19, and the Rams went in 18. Yeah. I'm not – that's not my argument. Right. That's that You balance it off. Sure. That, that's an empty argument because in the 8-8 eight eight season, you had two chances to win and oh. get in the playoffs yeah. at home. You couldn't do it. And you lost to teams that didn't even have their starting quarterback or backup quarterback. It's, so No, I mean, the, the bottom line argument is this act is going to get old, and if, if we see it again next year. Yeah. Well, and it's funny how he's gone. It's like the circle of life in the NFL. At the start of the year, I think a lot of us had, hey, he needs to, he needs to have a good year here. He's, yeah. he's, he's on the hot seat. And then in the middle of the season, we're talking about coach of the year and look at the job he's doing. And, oh, my God, Oklahoma yeah. might try to, you know, take him from the Cardinals, give him a contract now. Remember all that? And then right at the end of the year, yeah. you're right back where you started. Yeah. You're, you're sitting on the hot seat. Uh, Mike McCarthy. On the hot seat. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. No yeah. I mean, Jerry, Jerry Jones was melting down. Yes. Like, and this is not a – whatever else you say about the Cardinals and I guess ultimately Michael Bidwell's decision, like he has patience. Maybe too much, people would say, with this. But yeah. Jerry no, Jones. Patience is just cheap. Don't want to pay guys. Jerry Jones has no patience, and he will pay guys to go away. But you look at his tenure with head coaches, he's been patient with head coaches. Yeah. Mike. He does not he fire. Did. He does not fire coaches. Jason after Garrett got a few too many years, probably. I, I mean, there there were a couple of those coaches that yeah. were you know, they were there for a few few yeah. years longer than they Frank should. Frank Reich. No, I no. You pump the brakes on Frank. Because Frank Reich has been to the playoffs with the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Now he did it, you know. Should have been, but really, there's no. They have no business not being in there right now. No. But I, 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 as the general manager said, though. There's nobody safe, and he's not committing to Carson Wentz as a yes. quarterback for next year. Right. So right. I think they've already kind of let it be known who they're putting a lot of the blame on. Uh, that that was that was a bad look. Jacksonville. And I yes, like, and it wasn't even like a, a freaky. They got last, beat down. Yes, it was a beat down. You know, and 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 Robert Ursay is it Robert Ursay? Jim Jim, Jim Ursay. Now, um, sorry. He's a quirky kind of guy too, you know. Ultimately, you know, these make this. You know, he's out there on social media, and he's and he apologized for it. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I just. He, but I mean, uh, if yeah. guys, I mean, guys were going to be gone. Like you know, the, they'd already been gone. They'd be gone. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland. No, they just went to the playoffs last year, man. I mean, there's no way. No. Pete Carroll. No. All right, so you're pumping the brakes on both of them. Yeah. I'll go back to Cleveland. You know, the, the Cleveland's issue is a quarterback issue, and, yes. and that predates this head coach. Yeah. Unlike the, the situation here, Kyler and Clifford tied together at the hip. Yeah. Uh, he inherited Baker Mayfield and all that he is. Pete Carroll, uh, hot seat. I don't know if you call it a hot seat. At some point, does Pete Carroll say, I'm done. I'm I just, just want done. to retire. I mean, he's sure. 70-some years old. Yeah. Go enjoy life. He's but, I mean, that's all he his, knows. He's already thrown his defense coordinator under the bus, his longtime assistant yeah. in Ken Norton Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, I was shocked with that one. That like, one, yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. So, he's definitely not bailing. Yeah. And he's trying to cut bait with anybody that's going to help him go over the ship. Yeah. So, I'm a big Ken Norton Jr. fan from when he was a player. I uh, love Ken I love Ken Norton Jr. So, I was stoked when he was the Raiders defensive coordinator. But to be perfectly honest, the performance when he was in Oakland and then now in Seattle, I'm surprised he's still there, to be perfect. Or was still there, to be honest. But, but remember, though, he goes back with Pete Carroll when he was at USC. Right, right correct. And he played at UCLA. Yes. So, right. th- this guy has been loyal to Pete Carroll. Yeah. And for him to just throw him over the boat like that. Sure. That, that says somebody's trying to keep their job. They're not trying to I race. Well, you're right, because sometimes there's coaches that they don't have to bend to that kind of pressure. Correct. Like, I think Pete Carroll has earned enough in Seattle to say, look, I'm staying and Ken Norton Jr. staying too. Like, I think he could go to ownership and say that. You didn't do that, though. Exactly. So it makes you wonder what's going on. Um, 
for one, just they don't retire, man. For just one, they don't. They don't just retire. It's a young man's job. They, they don't have anybody left from the Legion of Doom. They don't. I mean, you know, you. you yeah, Bobby like, Wagner is 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 not the Bobby Wagner that we've all grown to know. No, now he's, he's starting to get. He's injured. a solid player, yeah. but he's not Bobby Wagner. Pete Carroll will be seventy-one when the season starts yeah. next year. He's the oldest coach in the NFL. Just Mike. go. He's older than but Bill Belichick. Still, Think about that. He's Let still him, chops it's a young gum. man's job. Chops gum better than anybody in the league. Tell you that much. Uh, number two, that's our hot or not segment. Number two, uh, the Manning cast on Monday nights is the best thing to happen to sports broadcasting in decades. Hold up. Pump the brakes. What? You're not a fan? I didn't see one of those. No? I love Peyton, and, and I got respect for Eli. Peyton yeah. was a teammate of mine for I know. Years. I got a lot of respect for Eli, uh, but I... Mm, it's quality TV, man. I want to I watch the game. I don't want to watch somebody else watch the game. Because they, well, they had Snoop on last week. And the rock. They were going back and forth, him and Eli, and uh, it was it was comedy gold. And it was Eli's birthday, and Snoop was like, "I'll get you, I'll get you a chain." Well, then this week, sure enough, he's rocking the he's rocking the death row chain that Snoop sent him, and it's just comedy. It's good. What is what is Snoop Dogg doing with a death row chain? No Things idea. didn't end well. With not Snoop well. And not, death row. not at all. Like, what, what are we talking about? Who, who did who did it end? That well maybe for? was his own chain that he was trying to get, trying rid, get of. rid of it yeah. yeah it was but the whole thing's comedy to me i love it yeah i i i like the manning family for the that type of stuff they're the, goofballs. balls they, they they're good cooper right. you're like yeah peyton manning all the way back to when he was playing remember when he was on saturday night live yeah and he did the united way commercial he's yeah. working with kids yeah threw the ball at the kid oh, hit so him funny. in the head yeah. my favorite is cut that meat cut that meat <laughs> yeah cut that <laughs> <laughs> you know even, even eli who you know no personality. I mean, None. Still this, funny, though. And this weekend, in this week's show, Eli tried to toss it to Manning to break down a touchdown pass, and Manning had a technical difficulty, and he goes, I can't hear shit. Like, and, and right, I mean, live on the air, it's the funniest thing because it's so not buttoned up that it makes it amazing television. Yeah. Wow. Because it's not buttoned up. It's just two guys who I can't. But I'm with B-Train. I can't concentrate on that. It's like, hard to concentrate on the game. Yes. So if you're really wanting to watch the game, yeah. it's not for you. I need, But it's quality TV. I, I, I want to like, watch the game. I would like and accept my Mannings like that. Yeah. And I want to see my football. There is a game. Never the two shall yeah. mingle. All right. I, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, so here we go. Number three. Uh, <laughs> Wait, there's now the Red Cross now for this month only is entering folks who donate blood into a sweepstakes to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl. So pump the brakes or not, you would donate blood for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to focus on gross on this one to begin with. I mean, I... I can't answer this question. You would donate any- blood specifically for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Pump the brakes I or not. I should donate blood because it's good for my community and it helps people in need. But specifically to go to the Super Bowl. I would Bowl. never donate blood unless I had a chance to win the Super Bowl. It's the way that answer is going to sound if I say yes. Wow. <laughs> so you're pumping the brakes on this statement. Because he gave blood in the Super Bowl, so I'm asking you this question. <laughs> wow. Wow. No. <laughs> no. I would not do it specifically to win a trip to the Super Bowl. That's disappointing. I would. Wow. I would. I you would, really would. Yeah. I would. I would. Would you donate it otherwise? Yeah. But, so that's the point. But that's like, what, would you go out of your way? Because not only could you win the trip for two to the Super Bowl, they're giving away more prize packs that set you up with a laser projector, screen, and speakers to set your home up to be game day ready. Shouldn't you just donate blood because it's the right thing to do, I guess, Correct. is my point. Correct. All right. That's fair. 
And, and, and what, you're not going to get great seats. This is going to be no, a Bob No, you're going to be up there. You're going to yeah. be in the, <laughs> the, Bob oh, the nosebleeds. Oh, there's the a Bob Eucher's, baby. Hang on, this no. guy. The nosebleeds. The nosebleed. Give him, give him, it wasn't his best effort. It's kind of a good effort. It's kind, that was kind of good. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really. Okay, next one. If I have to explain it to you. Yeah, the next one. Uh... Apparently, Girl Scout cookies are rolling back around this time of year. Is that yeah. what happens? I've already got four bags. Okay, so then this is right up our alley. Uh, there are there are roughly ten different types of Girl Scout cookies. Um, Google, their Google Trends, looked at which ones people are Googling the most. It better be some more. 38 states are Googling Thin Mints the most. What? That is by far the most of any of their cookies, and I can already tell what you. What do you need to Google Thin Mints for? You know what it is. I can already tell you where this one's going. Pump the brakes or not, Thin Mints is the best Girl Scout cookie. Oh, pump the brakes. All right. Samoas. Yeah, those are the ones with the like, coconut, the coconut with chocolate, coconut. right? Hands down, the best. It's uh, not even. It's not Samoas, even an argument. Then tag along. You ever throw Samoas in the in the freezer and eat them cold? Yeah, absolutely. It's, throw them all in the freezer. I mean, it is Samoas tagalongs. Which uh, ones are the tagalongs? Tagalongs are the ones with the chocolate and then they got the creamy filling on the inside. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. solid. Hey, shout out to my friend Calvin Lewis. Okay, Calvin, what up? Sent 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 me a link. I'm going to order my – I don't even need to go see those girls. I just ordered right on my phone. Wow. They ship them right to my house. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, they switched up how this works a couple years ago. Where they did. It used to be you go out and get your sales, then you submit those, and then they'd give you the cookies to go give out. Now, you got to, like, commit to it. you got to buy X amount of cookies. Like, you got to say, okay, I think I'm going to be able to sell this many, and you take them on. You had people with, like, garages full of cookies that they couldn't sell here, a couple years ago. Here we go. I, I'm going to play the part of Sean Crespin now, and you guys just tell right. me thumbs up, thumbs down. All right, pump the brakes or not, but okay. S'mores? Yeah? Yeah, thumbs up. Thin Mints? Yeah, they're good, mm, but they're not middle, the... Middle. Really? Middle. He's pumping them on Thins. Tagalongs? Yeah, we're getting... Thumbs up. Them. Yeah. Samoas? Absolutely. Dosey Dose? Which ones are those? Those look like the peanut butter ones. I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on those. Not a fan. All right. I'm, Not a fan. I'm in the middle. The oatmeal sandwich cookie with peanut butter filling. I uh, I have no opinion. Down. I have no opinion on that because I've never had it. But yeah, I'll thumbs down at that. Trefoils. Those are the butter cookies. Yes. Really? Thumbs up. I was yes. gonna maybe I got to try them again, but I was gonna hit one of those with a glass of milk. And then microwaved, the microwave. The lemon, oh, is that right? Microwave. The, the lemon ups, the lemon cookies. I like the lemon ups. They're not no. bad. No, be And then they got this thing that I'm not familiar with. Maybe it's new this year. It's called Adventurefuls. Never heard of it. I've never, never heard, heard of it either. It might be right. new. It's an indulgent brownie inspired cookie with caramel flavored cream. So which one? And a hint of sea salt. Which one is yours, gross? Brownie, caramel, and sea salt. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in, in on that. that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Put me down for uh, if I'm ordering. Calvin, mm -hmm. I will be ordering Samoas and Thin Mints. Yeah. I'm in on that. And they go no they, tag alongs? They immediately go in the freezer. Yeah, thin mints are solid. But I can't be. Too. I mean, I got to pace my. <laughs> the tag alongs, though? You're not even going to order a box of tag alongs? All right, I'll order a box of tag alongs, too. <laughs> Come then. on, man. I'll Venmo you. Add them to Calvin's order for me. $5 a box, right? That's not bad. I'll take it. Uh, and finally, before we get to our dad jokes, um, Ozark is coming out with mm. season four. Do you, are you familiar with Ozark, Beatrice? No. It's a Netflix show. It's phenomenal television. Uh, but season four is coming out on the 21st, so it's Friday. We're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, but pump the brakes or not, all streaming shows need to release every episode at once. I agree with that. I'm totally on board with that. What the hell? I don't watch a lot of TV, so 
that's not sports related. So I'll, I'll go with it. I'm with you guys. <laughs> what you guys I'm, like? Because I love. they're talking. 100 percent on. Gross. Board. They're talking. Netflix is starting to talk about how they're going to start releasing things once a week, like traditional television. I'll pump the brakes on that right now. Yeah, everybody's on Netflix because they've raised their prices, and then they're like, oh, well, we're releasing Ozark. Like, okay, I'll keep you. Yeah, I'll keep you. <laughs> uh, more than three episodes in, in a sitting for you? Oh, yeah. When I first watched Breaking Bad, yeah. McCabe and I did this on when we had a radio show. That's like four hours worth of t- It's longer than a football game. So I dug my heels in. I'm like, I'm not watching. Break- I, I'm not interested. Yeah, it's good. And Karen and friend, they're like, no, you got to watch it. So I'm like, no, I don't want to yeah. watch it. Finally, she said, just try it. So she put on the first episode of like, Damn, this is pretty good. Next thing, it's like eight o'clock. Next thing I knew, it was two fifteen in the morning. Yeah. Wow, still watching. It's, still, it's good. I mean, I'm sitting sideways. I can barely stay awake. I got to go to work the next day. I'm still watching. I see. I, I, three episodes for me, regardless of the show, is it's pretty much my cutoff. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pick this back up some other time. Three. I can do it, me. man. <laughs> I can do. You can. You can power through. Yeah, power on All through. Right. There you go. Like, like B training the Gatorade bottle in the dorm room. <laughs> wow. Well, not everybody knows that story. Well, we'll have to come back to it. You'll have to tune into a future episode when I bring it up again. Yeah, yeah. buddy. That's, right. a, that's a doozy. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, my wife hears this stuff. She's like, I wish you'd listen to me like you listened to me, <laughs> Yeah, you're, I know, it's true because you're going, you know, remember eight years ago when we had this guy on B-Train and he mm. told me this? Oh, yeah. And your wife can't. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, okay, so let me move the page. All right, so here it is. It's time for dad jokes. The glasses are already on my man That's over right. there. Let's he's ready it. to go. Let's do uh, it. After his dad joke, he's going to give us one of these. Now, mm-hmm. if it's quality dad joke. Gonna get the laughter. This is our grading system. Uh, if it's over the top, you're gonna tell your friends. You get the applause, but there's always that chance. Like when Mike Gross tried to drop one in mid-segment a moment ago. You're gonna, you're gonna get <laughs> no you're gonna get, get hit with one of those nosebleed. We're talking about blood donation. It was terrible. All right, but it you wasn't have. bad. We're still laughing. It's I mean, true. come on, it's true. It's the genius of a dad joke. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. <clears throat> it goes like this. I tried to come up with a carpentry pun that would work. I <laughs> was that not the joke? That was already no. good. Yeah, that would. Uh, I gotta start over. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, that was already. You good. got me. All right, here we go. Here we go. I tried to come up with a carpentry pun that would work. I think I nailed it, but nobody saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. We derailed it, but it's good. <laughs> he recovered nicely. He did. He, he recovered did. nicely. Uh, yeah. You had one or two or five, right? You were giving us before the show. I, I, I was. I was <laughs> <Just> thumbs up. <laughs> what do you got? Well, the one I, I, I gave you guys and you laughed at. What did mm-hmm. Jay Z call his wife before they got married? Mm-hmm. What, what was it? Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> that one's good. Wow. Wait good. a minute. How did that one get the, the standing ovation and mine didn't get the standing ovation? I mean, that one was really good. That was better than mine. It, I, if I'm ranking wow. tonight's dad jokes, was, I think I have to rank. But, wow. but, but we're being fair. Gross got his off the internet. Where the hell did he get his? I think he made it up. I didn't see any oh, okay. internet out. Did you? Wow. Yeah, he probably did. Come hey, on. real quickly. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wrap where, us up. Where did he get his? <gasps> B train was out back. You know, oh. He's got a big whiteboard. He's like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Shout out to Robert Blanton, a How guy about we had Robert on the radio Blanton? show. Yeah, went and played football. Blanton. He was a safety at Notre Dame. Got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Played a handful of years up there. He and his wife own a daycare. 
mm-hmm. in uh, metropolitan uh, uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis area. Yep. And uh, he foiled a carjacking the other day really? outside yeah. of the daycare. Yeah. Guy came in and, and tried to steal a car from a lady who was dropping, either picking up or dropping off her kid. Yeah. And uh, he busted out and, and he started slamming the dude's door, leg in a car door, tried to bust his mm. leg up. Mm. Guy got away, but the car was safe, the lady was safe, and Robert Blanton, Notre Dame alum, and previous guest on the Trina Gross radio show. Shout out to Robert Blanton. Send a volley cheer on high. Shake down the thunder from the sky.